Welcome to the Lion's Den. When it comes to this trial against Derek Chauvin, in regards to what happened to George Floyd in March of 2020, I don't get it. Why is it, you know, us as black people, we are determined to keep doing the same things over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And we have become very lazy when it comes to this. We know deep down inside it's just an easy way out to play the race card and have this victim mentality. Do we really want change? Or do we want to continue to go down this road and blame? Even when it comes to this topic that we are discussing this week in regards to this George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial, and all the past situations that we have dealt with as black people, whether it's poverty, our economic status, police brutality, Whatever it is, the one thing that has not changed over all of these years is the black thought. We have stayed the same for too fucking long. And we keep going through the same routines. And I really feel that we are to the point that we know (laughs) the routine that we're going through right now, that we're doing, is not going to change anything. We don't want to come to the realization that in order for us to get rid of these things that we are so-called complaining about, that we're dealing with, we have to change. We have to change our way of thinking. But even that by itself is not going to do it. We also have to take action. Fucking marching and screaming on bullhorns and getting on national television and complaining about racism is not going to fucking change anything. I want you to look at all the other races and cultures of people. If you can't see it, the difference on how they are doing things versus 
us as black people, you're fucking blind as fuck, yo. If you can't see that. They see it. They even see it in us. They see what we're fucking up at. But do you think they're going to tell us? No. There are some that actually are telling us, but are we listening? No. No. Because we're comfortable where we are. Even with the death of our black men, even with the death of our black women, even with the death of our black children, we're comfortable with it. Give us a little something, whether it's a position or some type of status or like this stimulus money they're giving us. And that's a whole nother topic within itself. We comfortable with it. And even with the settlement that's involved with this trial, that lets you know right there, there's always a price. (laughs) There's always a price someone is willing to take. And life really doesn't matter. Some of the things that I didn't know about the Derek Chauvin trial is George Floyd had already been shot by the police. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people try to make it look like the fact that he may have or may have not been on drugs. They trying to make that an issue. You know what I'm saying? The fact if he was on drugs or not. That doesn't have anything to do with a man kneeling on a man's neck for nearly nine minutes, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, now they finna go through the process of trying to make him look like a criminal. You know what I'm saying? Because he has a criminal past. And that sucks tremendously because his past has nothing to do with the day in question. I mean, you see... That was something else that was brought to my attention that I did not know about. My nephew, Ann Capone, brought to my attention that George Floyd was shot by police before. I didn't know that. And I don't know how true it is, but it was things being talked about when the case first happened back in March in 2020, how Mr. Floyd and Mr. Chauvin... They frequented uh, a club or something, or they both worked at, you know, a a club or something. And George Floyd was very uh, popular with the ladies there. And there was something in the context of Mr. Derek Chauvin, you know, feeling some type way about that. You know, it it seems that George Floyd was, you know, knocking down some of the white girls that was in the establishment that they were frequently uh, 
you know, meeting at. So, even with all this extra footage that's coming out, there's there's so much more that we probably don't know about. But like I talked about with my nephew Ann Capone, no matter what kind of picture they are painting about this whole scenario, no one, no man, should have to lose their life. So a race started. Nine European nations. Italy, France, Germany, the rest of them said they got into a race. So let's let's try to see who can be the first one to get over in those countries to North America, South America, Central America, and and the Caribbean and use black labor to enrich ourselves. They were in a race a race to, to develop wealth and power by going and extracting the resources out of America or owning and controlling land and the tools and using black labor to enrich themselves. That's where race came. That was a race. A race is a contest. They began to compete. That's why you heard me say on a number of occasions before, learning how to compete. And as they began to compete as nations, um, they competed from, a, from about the early 1500s all the way up until about 1857, right on the eve of the Civil War. And that's when the race ended. The race ended. That was a 300-year, but the race ended then. You know why it ended? Because at that point in time, those European nations who had all pitched in together, as well as some Asian nations and, uh, and Latin American, they had pitched in together to exploit black labor. And all the resources had been transferred into the hands of non-blacks. And the race was over in, 1580, in, uh, in 1859. And when the race ended, they took the E off of race and stuck a suffix called ISM, which means means sustain and, and, and hold on to the prevailing conditions. At that particular time in 1859, whites owned almost 99% of everything in America. And black slaves owned practically nothing. You had about almost four and a half to five million slaves, but they owned practically nothing. And uh, the only people, and the few blacks that had gotten something was, uh, you had about 200 some thousand blacks that were free. Collectively, they had one half or 1% of anything of value. At that point in 1859, the race ended. And they took the E off of race and stuck the suffix ISM. That's where racism came from. It had nothing to do with, with minorities and poor folk and people of color. It had to do strictly with black people and whites, which means all the wealth and resources and been and land, ownership, rights, privileges, businesses, income, and all have been transferred into the hands of the dominant white society. And consequently, from that point on, whites would only control everything in the country. And that was what racism was. At any time black folk asked for anything, for reparations or affirmative action or any preferential treatment, anything, you sort of be in an opposition to it. The George Floyd case is an entire mess. I told a lot of people in person and on social media how I felt this case was going to go. And as usual, people don't want to hear how you feel unless it fits into what they want to hear. See, it's easy to fall into the racial aspect of police brutality, and it's something that needs to be addressed. Don't get me wrong. But is race and worrying about what's going to happen to you as a black man and woman during a traffic stop the number one priority? No, it's not, because 
if we had something in place, you know, other things in order as black men and women within our own culture, being pulled over by the police would actually be in our favor, like other races and cultures of people. I know some of you listening to this right now are probably in your feelings, but that's expected. We are so pinned up in our emotions, it's hard for us to think more into bigger and better things that will be more preemptive in us making some real progress. What did you really think was going to happen? First, the payoff for this trial in this case has already been made. After the payoff was made, it opened the door for the show to begin. It's not that hard to figure out. When I heard that Mr. Floyd and Mr. Chauvin had other connections other than the traffic stop, I knew it was more to the story that was being told. The media is good at controlling the general population's emotions. Especially as a man, you shouldn't be in your emotions when intaking any sort of information. The overall general population does everything based on their emotions, and this is why we are so easily controlled. Now, back to the matter at hand. In the beginning, all they fed us was Mr. Chauvin with his knee in Mr. Floyd's neck. That was done to get us all wired up and ready to jump into emotional action. And there were riots and chaos in the streets. Now, mind you, the riots and chaos that broke out during this time really had nothing to do with George Floyd. They wanted you to think that it was about George Floyd, but it wasn't. After setting the tone and creating a certain type of mindset in regards to how George Floyd was treated, all of a sudden, all this additional footage is being released, showing all of us a different side to what really happened on that day of March 12th, 2021. Right when COVID was starting to kick in, I want you to think about that. I told so many people that this case, just like so many others, are always first settled with a payoff first. See, the settlement is their way of saying, this is how much we think the damage was done is worth. And now we can give you our version of what happened in the first place. I don't care how much money is involved. You can't put any price on any man woman or child's life but this is what they always do it's not surprising to me and I've already heard so many people say that they think Chauvin is going to walk and if he does walk what will we do more riots more chaos and what will that prove after it's all said and done as black people we will still need to make our own changes for ourselves and stop waiting for someone else to make the changes for us.
Show your support for the D Win Legacy Podcast and hit us on our Cash App at dollar sign capital D S O U L S capital P R O 21 as we continue to bring you great content every week that will make you think. I want to make sure I make clear that I don't want people to think I'm being insensitive to what happened to George Floyd. Like I said, no black man, woman, or child, anybody of any race and culture should have to lose their life engaging with police. But what I think is important is, is that where I'm getting at, I'm trying to get you to think differently because the the paths that we keep going down, the same old scenarios we keep following, it's not working. It's just not working. And I'm just trying to get you to think differently. I mean, like Dr. Claude Anderson talked about, and he really he really feels it's already too late. I mean, his his cutoff date for black people in America was 2013. He already said it. If we don't get our shit together by then, it's a wrap. And he gave us the steps. There's like five different steps when he, when he talks to Powernomics. One of those important steps was making sure we have economic power. We have a backing for each other when it comes to us dealing with government and the police looking at things from a legal aspect. And this is the reason why a lot of people, black people don't understand. This is why we're being treated this way because we're not in position to hold anyone accountable. It always comes down to somebody losing their life first. And then, Oh, they get, they get the payoff and they say, okay, you know, we paid you off. That should be enough. There's no price on anyone's life. There's no amount of money. Even though, even though there are some people who are happy with that. Oh, they got their money and all that. This person lost their life. But until we start holding people accountable, and guess what? It starts with holding ourselves accountable first. Because I'm getting tired. I'm really getting tired of... You know, we want to jump out there and, and scream and hoot and holler and all this bullshit. But then we're being contradicted because what we're screaming about, what we bitching about and moaning about, we're not even doing for ourselves. We don't even we don't even we don't even respect each other as black people. But we expect other races and cultures to respect us. <laughs> really? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. In order to get respect, you have to show respect for yourself first. And what do you see amongst the black community? What do you see out here in our neighborhoods? And what, what do you see? You see a bunch of fuckery. And you expect someone to stand for you? You're not even standing for yourselves. We are not even standing for ourselves. So we have to think differently. And and for in order for us to make a change, which like I said, you know, a lot of us feel is pretty much too late. 
It's going to take a lot of hard work. But the question is, are we willing to put in the work? I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to listen in. You are much appreciated. I would also appreciate if you would show support for the D win legacy podcast. Well, we'll see how this turns out. And I hope calm minds prevail. And we'll be back next week with another episode that will make you think. Peace.